Welcome to another episode of New Savages Spirituality. I'm Simon and this is John, just two brothers on a journey. And this week our journey is about sex. And intimacy. Thank you, John. Yeah, so this is um, it's something that we, we talked about in our men's circle recently and it, it's, to me, really, really important. It's a conversation that most men don't ever really have, um, certainly with their their fathers and so yeah we're going to delve into it aren't we John yeah absolutely I think you're right it's not something that gets spoken about and even with your mates and that it generally becomes almost a pissing contest when you're talking about sex there's not a great deal of um, honest vulnerability around it with men no absolutely and so yeah I mean I suppose what I wanted to do first of all was share kind of my experiences um, not sexual, but um, just in terms of discussing them as a young man. Um, and, I'd, you know, if you're called to share yours, because I yeah. think that, that these are things that other men will probably resonate with. And, yeah, it's just so, so important. So, yeah, basically, obviously, we're in our 40s now. And so when we were young, pornography on the Internet didn't even exist. So no, not at our all. understanding of sex was basically, well, f- certainly for me, I never, ever had conversations with my dad about sex. I think I was given a book for the birds and the bees, but it was never something that was spoken about. So my understanding... I was going to say, I I don't think most men of our generation ever had those conversations. No, not at all. So it was basically the playground bravado or every now and then. We seem to find like porno mags hidden in bushes when we were skateboarding and stuff. I don't even, <laughs> yeah. can't even imagine that. Um, but <laughs> like, why? Who's going to leave one? But it was like that back in the, you know, the it, late seems, 80s. There's like a meme about that now as well. Is there? <laughs> there's a meme about, you You know, you, you will grow up in the 80s and 90s if you found random porno mags in the, in the park. And part yeah. burned. Did you ever get that? Yeah, part or, the, or the, the cover's missing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah it's probably best not to even think about that anymore but yeah. yeah or every now and then like some of my mates would like find their dad's dodgy vhs um porno video and yeah. you know we'd watch that collectively which you look back and you think what why did we do that but yeah we did so even that was a really skewed perspective of sex and then for me um when i did become sexually active it was really um that the quality of the sex or the girl's feelings or any of those things didn't even come into my mind. I'm really sad to say now it was actually just persuading the girl to have sex with you. So the having sex was more important than the quality of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of whether the girl came, like just didn't even come into my mind, like honoring yeah. and worshiping the divine feminine, like, no understanding of that at all. Even if I came, wasn't particularly important. It was just, yeah, I've got this girl to have sex with me. So it was such a weird, skewed... like a notch on your bed. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, something to kind of um, validate me, I suppose. Yeah, I've managed yeah. to pull, and it like actual intimacy, connection, the quality of it were just irrelevant to me. That's that's quite a bold word as well, isn't it? Validate. Yeah, you know when we're talking about validating. Um, you know, our sexual energy, if you will. It's almost like the more women we sleep with or, you know, um, having sex regularly or something along those lines makes us more masculine. It validates yeah. our masculinity almost when the reality of it is it's really not relevant at all. You know? No, no. I, I mean, it so isn't. And that's, you know, if I could have a chat with my younger self, that's what I would say. <clears throat> that, yeah. You know, I... I kind of, I slept with quite a lot of women, but it, there was no depth to it at all. And I had opportunities to maybe have girlfriends with some of the girls, you know, some of the girls would have become my girlfriend, but I always wanted the prettier girl or the, the, the sexier girl, the one who who fitted more, ticked more boxes for this ridiculous um, concept of that the hotter girl that I'm with that somehow makes me a bit more and it all comes you know stems from a place of insecurity and this need again that would to, to validate myself the hotter yeah. girl with then you know that means i'm okay yeah. and it, i'm you know i'm yeah. sad for that inner child and me and obviously we've done our inner child work and we're continuing to do so so we understand that 
those are feelings of not being enough from your, you know, your mother wound, your father wound, whatever, that yeah. just we're not okay. But it it's something that to me is now now so important to my well, to my son and my daughters that I pass on that this that this kind of the, the shit the, the way I certainly within the UK I think we shame sex. It's it's not oh, something yeah. that we it's, actually we we own or discuss. I mean, it's pretty horrific here, really, the way the way things are laid out. I mean, the media plays a big part of it, doesn't it? You know, the tabloid press here is just horrific towards, yeah. um, you know, female celebrities in general. Um, it's like, uh, it's disgusting, to be honest. The, re- the reality is that, <clears throat> you know, when it comes to sex, most of us feel like we, um, we want to validate our own sexuality by having sex with somebody whether it be of the same sex or the opposite sex is irrelevant. It's that it is that, that validation, I think. And it takes all the joy and pleasure out of an act that should be really quite intimate between two people. Mm. Um, and we're, we're carrying, like, like most of us are carrying some pretty severe wounds. And I'm kind of coming to the conclusion, I mean, I, I'm not an expert by any means, but I feel like so many people are carrying sexual trauma with them um, and it's just playing out in their relationships. Yeah. You, you know, it's like how many people, I mean, I'd love to know statistically, how many people sit down with their partner and have really open conversations about sex? Yeah. You know, like what they like, what they don't like. And doing it without any shame or, you know, um, weirdness around it. Yeah. Because we, we, we joke, you see it in the media and then in films, like people all joke about how, you know, this dude's got a foot fetish. Well, what's the big deal? He likes feet. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's, if that's your way, that's your way, man. Crack on. You're not hurting anyone. No, I well, it, that's the, the big deal of it to me is that it is about um, safe boundaries, um, vulnerability, the, the ability to actually, to, to want to love every part of the person you're with. And, it, you know, I mean, I'm not against casual sex at all. But really, to me, it is it's an act of physical lovemaking for it yeah. to have any depth. And, yeah. you know, I've, I've had my fair share of one-night stands and not one of them was really worth wanting to recreate at all. Yeah. Whereas the deep connections that I've had with a few women have been amazing. And, it, and it's not just been about sex. It's not just been about fucking. Yeah. It's been about, like, that soul connection and that literally wanting to breathe that person in and that's what what's the magic of it to me yeah well you know as what any any sexual relationship you're having you're passing that energy between you you know mm. um and that can either be positive or negative now you know we talk a lot about well in the last 12 months we've seen a lot in the press and and rightly so about the um the, the, the sexual aggression towards women Particularly here in the UK, I think um, I, I read somewhere that is it eighty-one women murdered in the last twenty-eight weeks. Um, now, not all of those are sexually related crimes, but most of them will be murdered by men. Um, and and you know, it's it's heartbreaking that those things are, are taking place. And and we kind of as 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 healthier. I'm not saying we're healthy. Mm. We're all on it. We're all on a journey for sure. Healthier men have to kind of be a bit more vocal and a bit more um, to the forefront because in general, I kind of view it and, and we did discuss this slightly before we, we, we started recording is I, I do kind of view all men as a bit of a risk for women. Um, mm. And until the majority stands up, I feel like that's always going to be the case, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I personally wouldn't go out and rape anybody. And I doubt you would either. Well, no. Um, but there are, you know, there are some guys, you know, you hear about it all the time. Guy commits a heinous crime like that and his neighbour goes, oh, I never thought he had it in. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I think with, <clears throat> you know, the, there's so much to unpack there. It, like mm-hmm. We can do a whole podcast on that. Yeah. But the bottom line is that we are so conditioned in so many different ways that you really have to do the work and own it, you know, to to not want to objectify women, to, to not watch pornography, to not actually 
to go along with the, the massive rhetoric. She asked for it. She was wearing oh. all that rubbish. Yeah. And actually, and, and it's been posted quite a lot recently, and it's so important that it does, is that it's really, it's always the woman that's focused upon this woman got raped, this woman, this, that, and the other, rather mm. than these guys did these things to the women. And I posted, well, I reposted something recently about, you know, how, how women can be safe is men stop raping, men control yourself, men don't put, you know, date rape drugs and all this. And it's true. We always focus on the woman that, and the man kind of gets off scot-free about it when <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just guys that are doing these things. It's just guys that objectify women. Yeah. It's just it's, guys that are whistling and all that. And it, It's still that boys being boys culture, isn't it? You yeah. Know? Yeah, um, definitely. And I, I like, look, I, I think, you know, I, I've, I've now said to my sons, you don't rape women as blunt and, and to the point as it, as that can be is you just, you don't do it. Yeah. You know, when I was a child, um, I had a fight with my sister and I hit her and my grandfather took me to one side and gave me a good slap and said, you know, you don't hit women. Mm. And, um, and I have never have since that point, you know, and no. I was only, only a nipper when it happened, but you know, there'll be some people say, Oh, you don't, you, know, you don't do that with children and so forth. And so be it. But my point in this is, I never laid another finger on a woman. No, yeah. not even my sister, who you know, brothers and sisters fight like <laughs> probably wound you up like crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and she probably knew that she could do because I couldn't retaliate physically anymore. But yeah, but the reality of it is, is we kind of have to be giving our young men that verbal wallop of you don't do that to women, you don't do that to girls. You know, mm. you know, you you you. Res- you treat them with respect and you listen to them and you honor them. And after all, you wouldn't be here without them. No, you exactly. Know? And and we've discussed this slightly before. There's a lot of women are far more stronger than, than men. The only thing we really have over women, I suppose, at times is our own physical strength. Yeah. But I think generally, if I bet on the women that I have in my life, you know, my wife, my daughters, my mother, um, they're far stronger women than I you know I I think well definitely I don't disagree in any way I've seen two women give birth and I'm in awe of them you know both of them for that and the way that they are raising our children as well so yeah hats off 100% I think you know if we come actually back to what we were talking about in terms of our our upbringing and sex is Mm. that like we suppress all of our emotions. And when we talk about women and their strength, one of their biggest strengths is their ability to recognize and live with and turn towards their emotions. We are taught the contrary. And so we don't have talks about sex. And quite often, although I'm stereotyping to a certain extent, it's like the the lads are celebrated for having sex. And then the, the daughters are, no, you shouldn't. And then there's slut shaming and all that ridiculous stuff. It's like, and the sex is the same. It's just our perception of it from boys to girls differs. You know, yeah, the lad's getting it out. He's putting his seed out into the world. Whereas the girl, she's sleeping around. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's just another form well, of oppression towards women. Heard, absolutely. We've heard that, but like millions of times before, you know, oh, if a woman has a lot of sexual partners, she's a slut. But if a man has a lot of sexual partners, he's a stud. Yeah. He's an Adonis. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, do you know what? He's, he's a, yeah, I, I could give a shit. We, um, you, you can't make any distinction. Of course or, or, not. People be. are people. Yeah, and what like what's the big deal if if the, if somebody enjoys sex and they want to have multiple partners and they they're both you know they're all consenting? Then yeah, yeah let them crack on. It's not. I mean, it's not for everybody, you know. No. But it doesn't give us the right to to shame them. Well, there's no right to judge ever. We no. know that. I think the thing for me, um, what is a shame, and I suppose since we're going to be talking about intimacy again, is that like certainly when we were young the the dating game was such that you know if you wanted to meet a girl you weren't going to meet her online the, no, the no. dick pics all that rubbish weren't a thing you know um hinge or whatever the, all of these dating apps they weren't around so yeah. we would go out you'd be in a club you'd be in a pub and you'd talk to girls and the actual human connection was real yeah. whereas now before often hookups are organized before even meeting in person, physically meeting, you know, yeah. the pictures have been sent, the I mean, whatever. For, for, for an old fogey, do you find that weird? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah fully. And the, but the, the thing is, in, like, I went on a dating app for like, I don't know, a couple of weeks or three weeks. And I did meet a girl through it and talked to quite a lot of girls. But it's such an arbitrary thing to reduce a connection with a person on how good their bio is and how good their selfies are, mm. which is what it is. So, you know, we're, we're yeah. actually, societally, we're judging people on superficial things that you, you can't, you know, when you meet someone, when, when you have a true connection with someone that goes beyond their looks, it goes beyond their body and all that, you feel it, that soul connection. And so how can we really be trying to meet you know our partners or even even want to have a good sexual connection based on photographs and based on a clever witty bio well the reality is you can't you know you can't no, i don't think so yeah i think like truthfully taking it to to the point of intimacy i'm not saying that sex isn't an act of intimacy because obviously it is but what i would say i think that true intimacy is is far more than just sex you know, I mean, we've discussed this previously and, and, um, I mean, realistically you can have sex with anybody, you know, you can I have sex with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You don't even need somebody and that's, you know, intimacy with yourself. But, but the reality is I, I, I believe that true intimate acts really come through a mental connection more so than a sexual one. Mm. I think when we open up our vulnerable state, you know, um, and put our, our barriers down with somebody that we, we're, we're having a loving, caring relationship with, that act of intimacy far supersedes that of a sexual one. Yeah. You know? Uh, and that's actually far more vulnerable. Absolutely. In, in fact, interestingly, like I've had probably three really serious relationships where I've lived with the women, and the pattern was the same with all of them, that I was supremely confident in terms of getting together with them, supremely confident with my sexual prowess and had no, like, of my own body shame and I felt comfortable to take my clothes off and in my ability to perform. But as soon as I started to really care for the women and mm. each of them was the same, then I suddenly felt insecure. When yeah. I'd got that level of intimacy and vulnerability, then I was insecure about, you know, am I good enough for them? Um, yeah. And all of these things. And that shows that the level of where I really feel it it isn't about the sex bits fine. But when you are actually vulnerable with someone and you're opening your heart up, then suddenly it's like... It's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. And and feeling that you are safe enough to do that with somebody. Yeah. And to to Uh, not be judged. Yeah. um, I'm a bit of a fan of um, Red Table Talk. I don't know if you watch, if you're familiar with that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jada Pinkett Smith, she does it. So she did one with her husband Will Smith, the actor, and that. And they said in it they've been together like 30 years, I think, like my my wife and I. And um, and he turned around and said, you know, after like 28 years together, we're finally having an adult relationship. And mm. um, I was like, fuck, I can relate, you know, because it's taken and it's it's more on my my behalf than than my partner's. Um, that I was so emotionally immature that I couldn't be honest and vulnerable with her for the best part of 30 years. And like, you know, I carry a bit of guilt and shame around that. I'm not going to lie, but I'm Mm. super grateful I am where I am now because I can have those relationships. And that intimacy between my partner and I is far more intense now than it ever was before. And as you know, I've got five children, so I had a lot of sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but the, the, the true intimacy um, really for, for, for her and I is, is, is now like she calls it mind fucking, you know, yeah. because we're, we're intimate with our, with our minds and, and being vulnerable and honest and, and really at times super raw. But mm. because of that, those those acts are incredibly intimate, and we are very very connected, way more connected now than we ever have been. Sure. And ironically, the sex is far better now because of that intimacy. Yeah, you yeah, I, I see that, bro. I yeah. mean, I, I do know the answer to this, but certainly for the benefit of our listeners, like, what was the shift? You know, obviously, oh. I know it's a couple of years ago, but what yeah. was the shift that suddenly? enabled you to have these open honest and vulnerable conversations 
I I realized, I mean, I'd made some horrific choices in 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 my life and um and and it was all about once again trying to validate myself and prove to myself that I was I was who I thought I was is the best way of describing it, I suppose. Mm. Um and the reality was it, it almost cost me everything. Um and you know, I nearly lost my marriage and my, my children were pissed at me and, and rightly so. And you know, these decisions were completely my own. And you know, I had to really, for the first time in my life, hold myself accountable for my actions. Hmm. Um, and thankfully, I um, had good friends, yourself. Um, Thank you, brother. Uh, shout out to the homie guy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, a <laughs> few other few other brothers. Um, but uh, and I had um, I had a really good therapist. Um, and it was that, that catalyst of realizing that every mistake I'd made was mine. And I had to stop looking at outside influences and, and saying it was because of this, it was because of that. I just had to own it and say, it's on me. Um, yeah. and that led me to looking, as you said earlier on, doing a lot of inner child work, um, which for me, as you know, I'm a huge, huge believer that that's the key to everything is getting yeah. back to the core and looking at our inner child um, and just realizing I had a really unhealthy um, relationship with my own mind. Um, mm. And it was a case of really looking in deep and, and doing the work. And I'm still doing the work and it's still ongoing and it will be ongoing for the rest of my days. But what it's allowed is it's allowed me to be vulnerable with my wife, be honest with my wife and be, um, be real. You know, let the real me come through rather than hiding or masking myself behind um, what I thought people needed to see and what I thought people wanted me to be like. You know, I wasn't my authentic self really with anybody because I was um, I was scared, you know. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I was good enough or worthy enough um, for anybody, you know. So, you know, you start down that journey. And, and like we said, there's, a, there's, you know, there's mother wounds and father wounds and all sorts of things there. Um, but at the core of it, it's still you. You know, yeah. you just you have to own your shit. But, <laughs> you know. We, we, like, we say that, don't we? Yeah, own your shit. Own your yeah. shit, yeah. And, you know, when you do, um, nobody can, can hold it against you, weirdly. You know? Oh, it's so true, brother. And, and I really appreciate that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Thank you. And it's like look, looking at it now, two and a half years deep in this journey, the person that I was in, I don't even really recognize him. Even when I see photographs, I'm like, who's that fucker? You know, mm. like I look exactly the same. But my, like, as you, I, 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 know, I told you a little while ago, there was a photo of you and me um, together. And uh, recently, I think it was over the summer when we were hanging out together. And um, my wife, Sarah, said, you two don't look the same. You look so different. And all right, like your hair is a bit longer. My hair is a bit longer. Yeah, it is, brother. <laughs> um, but, you know, but in general, I'm a bit grayer. You're a bit grayer. You know, we've, we've aged a little bit. But the reality is. fucking wiser. Yeah. Well, yeah. But the reality of it is, is that that whole energy is shifted, you know. And there's there's not trying to like be somebody who we're not anymore, and we're far more intimate, you know, um, yeah, far more vulnerable with each other, thanks to those moves, you know. Yeah, I I think so so much. I mean, for me, the thing is that you know when we first met, our friendship was based a lot on hedonism, and we've spoken about this before. Yeah, but you know the motorbikes, the hot rods, the tattoos, the drinking culture, the the way we dressed. And we still like those things, ex except obviously the drinking. Yeah, but don't touch that shit. We're so less defined by them. And the, the kind of esoteric, the the deep conversations we have, these are our norm. And it it's really interesting because I've, I've talked to a few people recently and, you know, started the mixed circle. And for some people... They're like, oh, it's so beautiful to be in this environment where you're talking in a certain way, where you're living it, you know, the sangha, the, the spiritual community. It's like, 
this is our shit daily now. We've we've managed to align ourselves with the people where like being open, being vulnerable, checking in with one another, how are you doing? And actually not just being, yeah, I'm fine, mate, but do you know what? I feel a little bit shitty. I'm a bit down, but I'm okay. You know, thank you for asking. And so we've shifted our perspective into something where we're just always open, always vulnerable and always yeah. comfortable to be so because we don't take the piss out of one another. We don't toxic, toxically shame. We're just like, I'm here for you, brother, always. Yeah. And I I'm think, rather grateful for that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I like, I, you, you and I have been discussing about doing an event um, next year that we're going to go off and work at together. And yeah. I'm super excited about it. And it is, it is kind of interesting because it's a, like you said earlier on, it's a weird, it's a circle coming back from, this is where we met and now we're going back to the, to work together. And mm. it's, I'm super hyped on that. I'm excited to do it. And then I had this, like, just for a split second, I had like um, a trigger in my head in the sense like, well, shit, when we met, we were completely different people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, like it, to be honest, I, I felt like a bit of a prick. Um, but it's all part of your journey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't, that's I don't, got you to where you are. Yeah, I'm not beating myself up over it or anything like that. But it's like that 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 realistic like thought that you think to yourself, "Shit, I'm just not that dude anymore." Mm. You know. And although I'm still super excited for us to go back and do it, I cannot wait. To be honest, and I was I was saying to Sarah today, I'm really really hyped about us doing this together. You know, yeah. I'm like, and I'll ride down. You know, so we'll have the, the my bike on the. On the yeah man. Well that. but it's like but there is an element of me it's like i'm not even sure if i fit and belong in that community anymore you know yeah. and, and i just thought, you know what i was gonna say i just think it's like well i belong wherever i decide to belong yeah you know i did think about that as well because i feel so aligned with doing the men's work with being of service and it's not necessarily about ticking the boxes of a you know i'm leading a men's circle i'm doing retreats we've got this spiritual podcast because i talk just as spiritually when people sit in my barber chair you know i for those that don't know that are listening i own two barbershops and i work within the the different ones and um so i cut hair for a living i've got one-to-one connection to men throughout the day and so that's just as an important area and place to actually share the dharma to to be open and vulnerable to actually model a different way of of, of positive masculinity yeah. not overtly in your face i'm right i'm i'm the king i'm this archetype but just like i'm me i'm open i'm vulnerable i'm going to own all elements to myself and i think we can do that at the show as well yeah so, you know sure. yeah and it, th- this was it this was the realistic I, I you know you go through that that train of thought in your head and it's like am i still that guy can i do it and it was like well yeah it's not that I'm not that guy, but I'm just, I've put a lot of that shit to bed. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, the, the shadows within us, they yeah. always will be, yeah. but it's that we don't look to the shadow so much. And when the shadow yeah. comes, we, we turn towards it with compassion and allow it to pass. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like this is that I still like hot rods and I still like choppers and motorcycles in general. And we're still um, like getting tattooed and skateboarding. Yeah, and surfing. yeah, it's yeah. All good. I like all those things. Um, it's just I'm not into the booze anymore, and I'm not into that. Like I'm, I, <laughs> we went to the movies today, and and um, my wife said, "When do you want to go to the movies?" And because we were taking the kids, and I was like, "Let's go during the day," because I don't like to go out in the evenings. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> you know? And I'm I was, with you on that. Yeah, so it's like, and that's just to the movies. Definitely. You know? So coming back to sex, because it is just a a little topic and we've digressed a bit, but that's all good anyway. But yeah, I mean, for me and reflecting on the childhood and my really unhealthy relationship with sex and even into adulthood, um, I've carried some really unhealthy behaviors, certainly in terms of um, my connection with the women that I've slept with and my ability to honor them and to to be there for them more rather than it just being about the act that's kind of that stayed the same but I've really had an unhealthy relationship in terms of looking at sex or the lack of sex as a personal rejection on me and really not validating my partner's feelings so if they didn't want to have sex with me if they 
in my perceived, you know, the stories and I had the voices in my head. It was talked about before yeah. is that she doesn't want to sleep with me. So she doesn't care for me. She liked it with someone else more and all of this rubbish and not even understanding the, the kind of the nuances of what a, a woman's body goes through the month or that they're just tired or, or just not in the mood and making everything about myself. And that's been a massive thing for me to move through this understanding of that. Like, you can be intimate without having sex. It's just as important to spoon. And I read this thing recently that um, you get a hit of oxytocin from orgasm. So obviously we really want that. That's your love hormone. That's what mm-hmm. women have when they give birth. And it just produces this overwhelming feeling of love. But yeah. you get just the same amount of oxytocin from actually spooning, from cuddling. So, you know, all of that blag, oh, we've got to, got to come, got to come. No, no, just hold your girl. Yeah. yeah hold your partner whomever it is and that connection actually is more important really than the actual orgasm than the sex and and some of the my best memories of a sexual experience really aren't actually of the act but just that overwhelming feeling of safety and closeness to Mm. holding the person and that you know that that's the kind of crux of it to me to yeah to to have moved through this kind of insecurity I, th- I don't think you're alone there, though, because I, I would agree with you. If I was rejected for sex, and I felt it was a rejection against my whole being, you mm. know. And I, 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 I imagine it, if if guys were honest, they'd probably ninety nine point nine percent of us would probably agree. Yeah, that they they felt like that too. And the reality is, <laughs> it's not you that you that's being rejected in most cases. It's it, it's really just your partner's tired, you know, or. They're not feeling the greatest, or they're just not in the mood, and you know, I, yeah, I think or ovulating or what, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. Women's bodies yeah. go through a lot every month. I mean, the reality is, like, how many guys go to their partner and go, "Should we have sex?" Yeah, that's really going to do the job, dude. That's going to like, <laughs> she's just going to drop her pants and go, "Yeah, let's go for it," because that's not really. <laughs> there's no, um, there's no, there's no to, romance. Yeah, there's well, there's there's nothing there, dude. It's just you know, hey, yeah, because you I, may as well just go and jerk off, you know, if that's what you. Do. Yeah, well, if, um, if that's the only aim, I, yeah. my my ex partner, she um, we did have some vulnerable conversations, and she she once explained it to me like this, and um, hopefully for the men out there listening, this could help you guys because it it did help me. She said. For me, foreplay starts from the moment we wake up. It's not about the sexiness. It's about the way you treat me. It's about the way you treat the kids. It's about mm-hmm. the, the way that, that our day goes. Whereas I think a lot of guys, or certainly for me, you could turn it on. You know, we could have had an argument and five minutes later, you'd, you'd be ready to have sex. Whereas I think for most women, that emotion, they will hold for a lot longer. And uh, yeah. they, they're not, if you've had an argument with them, they're not going to be in the mood for sex. And so if they do, that's out of compliance. Yeah. And I think, you know. I, so, I, I think as men, we can file shit away in our mind like nobody's business. Yeah. You know, like it's it's just a case of, um, oh, we had an argument. Well, I don't really want to deal with that right now. So I'm just going to file that into shit I won't worry about for another 10 years. Um, mm. oh, fuck it. Let's have sex. That'll solve all the problems. Because if we yeah. have sex, that'll make the argument go away. And if we have sex, it means that I that you like me and I'm not a bad person because you've just told me I'm a dick for not doing the dishes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's like we're really good at that. Mm. You know, as blokes, we are like the masters of filing shit away, burying it down, and then letting it come out as some fucking misery later on down the line. Yeah, you know. Um, there's a great Bill Burr sketch where he talks about it, how he has a dog and uh, his wife is pregnant and the dog's kind of a dick, so they have to get rid of the dog. So it's like six weeks till the dog goes and every day his wife cries, cuddles the dog and cries about this dog going. And he's just like, oh, I've got another five weeks. Oh, I've got another four weeks and so on and so on. Finally, the day comes and the guy comes to collect the dog. The wife has a final few tears and he just looks at the dog gives it to the guy and he goes into the bathroom and he says for a millisecond one tear comes out of his eye and he squeezes it back in and all the pain that he's missing his dog he just buries it deep down and he says to himself i wonder who's going to get the brunt of that and then three Mm. weeks later they're buying towels and he's screaming at his wife like how many fucking towels do we need and she says to him 
where's all this anger coming from? And it's like, hit the nail on the head. That's like the most accurate description of a man's... So unhealthy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's kind of what we've been taught. You know, we've been <laughs> educated as men that that's how we deal with our emotions. Cowboy up, soldier on, big boys don't cry and all of that shit. All that yeah. toxic, toxic shit. And, um, and that's why, you know, you get so many guys blowing their top over the stupidest thing. Mm-hmm. You know? suppressed emotion that, absolutely and we're so good at it and the and, traumas. and then we wonder why we can't have a loving intimate relationship with a woman is because we don't know how to have a loving intimate relationship with ourselves mm. we you don't know? own our emotions at all it's, yeah and this is why you know <clears throat> with my son he's 16 now so he's of an age where you know i'd expect him to be having sex and so we have had these conversations we've had conversations about not just wanting to sleep around about honoring the woman that who he's going to be with about not coercing about actually listening and and just not making sex the be all and end all of of life for him and yeah he seems really open to it and um really mature with it and there's no question that he can't ask me and I, I feel that's so so important you know we've also had conversations about pornography because that's something that I think we need to kind of delve into a little bit because it's so, so damaging to, yeah. so yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I, so, you know, mine really. Yeah. I mean, like you, I grew up, um, I mean, for me, I grew up in New Zealand and for, for those that don't know, I've never been or aren't Kiwis, um, pornography and, the, and, the, and, and sexual workers in New Zealand is slightly different to the UK. Um, it's a little bit, I mean, over here it seems almost prudish at times, where in New Zealand it's a little bit more relaxed. Um, but in regards to pornography, I was one of those people years ago that thought, well, if it's not hurting anybody, it's fine. Um, and the reality is it's not. It's not okay. Um, uh, you know, the thing is with pornography, it's so, so damaging. And these young guys are... Uh, uh, you know, they're using it as their sex education. Mm. And that's fucking frightening because, yeah. you know. But not just guys, dude. That's no, the thing. Guys no, and girls. Young, young women as well. I, I read an article where, like, young women as young as 14 years old had thought that it was normal to have anal sex because they'd seen it in pornography. It's shocking. And, yeah, and it's like. It could be physically, like, hugely damaging for their oh, bodies. Well, it's just, you know, like nobody should think. Uh, uh, it's just fucking horrific. Do you know what I mean? It's like you you, you gave a uh, – we were talking about it a little while ago and you gave a really good example and it's like if you showed everybody Mad Max and said that um, that's the world outside, nobody would ever leave the house. But, of course, everybody can go, oh, yeah, but that's just Mad Max. That's a film. That's not the real world. You know, we don't have, like, dudes wearing loincloths and masks running around shooting people. <laughs> um, but the reality is they're looking at pornography and thinking that that's real. Yeah. You know, and then they're basing every sexual experience. Like, it's just, like, it's madness, you know. But yeah. as, a, as, a, as a society, we need to do better um, in educating our young people about those sorts of things. Um, so, yeah, for me, I, I mean – Science, like yeah, if we look at pornography, it's horrifically bad for people. You know, if there there, are, there is a case that people use it, um, and it gets to the point that when they're actually with a partner, they can't do anything about it because it's not their mind is so trained on pornography they can't even get an erection. Mm. You know, it's a serious. We just need more and more stimulus and Absolutely. more extreme stimulus. Yeah, and there's like you know, there's it's got to the point it's in sort of the mainstream television of films and that you know you know, you read about the guy you know you see the movies like um trying to think of a good example like american pie you know yeah. or, or, or 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 something about mary and things like that and they're using pornography to you know as a stimulant for masturbation and then subsequently you know it all ends in chaos so we've kind of normalized it but you know what? even an episode of friends like friends is pretty old now 
Yeah. But there was an episode where they somehow got pornography streamed and they just watched it for hours and hours and hours. Oh, and yeah, that, I remember. You know, yeah, yeah. Kind of subliminally, that is just normalizing something. Yeah. That it, it isn't normal. It isn't normal to just yeah. watch porn for hours. It's, yeah. it's damaging. Mean, but the, the thing is with the internet is what it's done. When we were kids growing up, pornography was dirty magazines, like you said, that we would find in the park weirdly. Um, or um, a sketchy VHS tape, which was like recorded from an original six times over. So you know, you you, you like, <laughs> reading between the lines almost. I could barely see it. Is that someone's dick? I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, but it was it was it was still there. But but now with the internet, I mean, it's pretty fucking bad, isn't it? You can you only have to click on one word out of place in some situations, and then you're Unindated with fucking extreme hardcore pornography. So, yeah. is for it very any, young children? Yeah, that absolutely. Case as well. So, is it really any wonder that there's a problem? You know, I mean, no. we as as a like, I'm a recovering sex addict, and I'm quite open about it. And like a lot of other addicts in this situation, it's not the sex that is the addiction; it's the excitement that leads around it that releases the endorphins and everything else. Mm. you know so um pornography then becomes like a like a drug you know because it's your fix you know you can do that and it's it's no different to drink or, or drugs it's just a pretty fucking um it's a horrific sort of state of affairs and i would encourage like you know anybody that's using pornography excessively to do your fucking best to stop yeah because the damage that you're doing to yourself is just it's it's horrific guys like mm. i like if anybody who's listening is like oh shit then fucking drop us a message please um yeah because well, you know it, we'll... it's just so bad it it's it's you know i'd hate to think that there's young guys out there who are so hooked on it that when they finally meet that woman that that gives them those butterflies in the stomach and really that's the woman they want to spend their, their time with and it comes to that moment of a sexual intimate act and you can't get an erection because you're not witnessing some fucking horrific pornographic scenario. That just doesn't reflect real life. I think no. that's the other thing about it, isn't it? That with pornography, you know, both of us have watched pornography. We're oh, not yeah. being hierarchical or like, you know, or, or we're so special, but not we neither of us do now because we, we look at and recognize the damage that it does. And to me, it it also it's you become so like judgmental. I don't want to watch this because she's not this, she's not that. Uh, this woman's not <laughs> yeah. perfect here. Whereas you know, when we watched a dodgy VHS, it was just you watched what was on there. But yeah. we can just it's this scroll, scroll, scroll until you find the perfect one. You can waste hours and hours, and you know, yeah. I mean, certainly in yogic terms, that they, they they it's the life force that you're expelling this energy and there's only so many orgasms that you're meant to be able to have within a lifetime see yeah. you're shortening your life and I mean, there's no actual real connection because you're doing it on your own the masturbation yeah. is I on mean, your own there's no absolutely. mindfulness to it yeah and, it, and and to put it in context for us when we were growing up i don't know if you remember i was about 13 i think when revenge of the nerds came out um, um i can't I've, I've seen it but i can't yeah, remember yeah and i just remember there was one scene where one of the girls um she like they're, they're selling like pies to make raise money, and underneath the pie is a picture of the the, the bad guy's girlfriend with uh, with her top off, you know. Mm. And then and then about like five minutes later in the movie, you see her take her top off. And when I like my my twelve year old thirteen year old me was like, holy shit, boobs, you yeah. Know? And it was mind blowing. It was it was like, you know, all your Christmases had come at once. Um, <laughs> but if you showed that to a thirteen year old kid now. He'd be so fucking blasé about it because he's seen 10 times worse things or more extreme things on his phone in the last probably couple of hours. You yeah. Know? And, and, and it's, that's, that, that's, you know, it's kind of sad if I'm honest. And, and how is the weird like dichotomy of that or the, the kind of the juxtaposition, but then a woman breastfeeding in public is, like shunned or, oh. or you know women feel they have to hide the most beautiful and natural thing which are women's breasts you know 
feeding a child, sustaining life. Yeah. But in pornographic terms, it's everywhere. It just, you know, it's, a woman yeah. can't walk down the street without a top on. Yeah. But then women's bodies are used and sexualized yeah. in every kind of advertisement you can ever imagine. It's, there's such weird, like, just it, it, like, it makes my mind boggle. Yeah, I, like, I have a, a way I, that sexuality is sold. Yeah, I, I, I know a chap who, who basically um, walked through a shopping mall um, and counted how many times he saw women sexualized and how many times he saw men sexualized. And, um, like, for the women, it was, like, almost triple digits. And this is just an average shopping mall here in the UK. Mm. Um, and then the, um, the men, he found three. And he said he yeah. had to really push it for three. And one of them was Johnny Depp and a, and a cologne advert. <laughs> well, he is sexy. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's what, that was his argument behind it as well. But, like, you know. We're uh, like I said, the media plays a big part in this. It, it, you know, we're sexual. We've got to the point in the media where they sexualize children, you know, mm. and it's like, fuck, guys, you got no morals. Oh, um, yeah, and you know, you look at all the beauty pageants and all these, the children's uh, like pageant. It's it's, it's pretty madness. messed up. Yeah, look, I think like to to really stay on topic. My my takeaway from all of this is to have a truly intimate relationship. And have an intimate sexual relationship, you're going to have to get to the nitty gritty of of who you are as a human being, and be open and vulnerable, and be willing to show, you know, that vulnerability to somebody you love and care. Yeah. And what will come from that is a beautiful, absolutely mind blowing, intimate relationship, both mindful and and in a sexual nature. If yeah. you don't, you're really going to struggle. It's not to say yeah. you won't have a relationship because you will, but um, it can be a lot better. Yeah, you know? I, I I completely agree with that. I mean, I look back at a lot of my sexual encounters and a lot of my perspectives on them, and the lack of vulnerability and honesty definitely impaired them. And again, there's so many conversations that I never had yet. Like, how many mates would ever like lads together talk about? Oh, do you know what? Sometimes I have a problem with coming too quickly, which oh, at different yeah. points we all do. You know, I'm yeah, going to own sure. that, but we don't own it. There's this perspective. And again, pornography proliferates that more. These guys with ridiculous sized cocks have sex for like two hours, three hours, or, you know, however long. It's like, that's not realistic. So yeah. even our sexual prowess is undermined by pornography. And because we don't, you know, mates don't talk like that. When we no. talk, you know, I mean, I, I can remember <laughs> this is such a funny story. Um, well, I think it's funny anyway. So I was at university and I had this mate who was a bodybuilder and I felt really kind of inferior to him. And he was telling me about that he, oh, I was with this girl and I was having sex for her for like two hours. And she said, you're not human. You're like a sexual dynamo. And I had female housemates and because I felt like shit, I couldn't last two hours. What the fuck am I? You know, Ugh. I'm nothing. And then my female housemates were like, what the hell is he talking about? We wouldn't even want to have sex for two hours. We'd be, it would be raw. It'd be sore. <laughs> and I'd probably want to be watching TV because I'd be yeah. bored. But again, that's the kind of toxic masculinity that yeah. is kind of driven out of there. It's like, oh shit, I'm not good yeah. enough then. Isn't oh. it, it, it? It's it's really interesting actually, like getting a um, a female point of view in regards to those situations. You know, like, eh, like I, I, I know that, you know, everybody is hang ups on the way they look or, you know, is, oh, I've got a belly, you know, is, 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 you know, like for a lot of guys, oh, I've got a hairy back and, and things like this. And, and, um, and for women, it's like, oh, my boobs aren't big enough. Or, you know, I've got cellulite and all this sort of stuff. And we're all pretty much the same, you know, yeah. if we're really truthful and honest. We're all walking around with these hang ups and these fears and these worries and these concerns. And, like I think, well, I, you know, my wife and I have discussed it, is that, you know, women want sex just as much as men do. You know, there's this myth that, you know, women, are, you know, really, they don't want to have sex. And that's not the case at all. Like, they do. It's just that right time, right place, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and feeling and safe, right person, I think. Yeah. That's yeah, important and, for yeah. women. Yeah, absolutely. It should be important for men. 
you know yeah we should we should want to feel safe and i kind of do now you know truthfully i do i have that thing like you know i i want to <laughs> i, I want to feel like i'm safe and 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 in a position where i can be vulnerable and intimate with my partner yeah. and 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 her hold that 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 safety for me and and she does and i'm really i'm really very lucky i'm really grateful for that but the reality is is you know men and women aren't as different as we think no you know no 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 but that we just don't talk enough no and also society the way society is pigeonholed us and polarized men against women which is oh, so sure. so sad and again that's why we looked into the and we, we're doing the mixed circle to actually yeah. unify the sexes interestingly last weekend i i went attended a workshop on um the dark feminine and it, it looked at because within all of us, we have the light feminine, the dark feminine, the light masculine, and the, the dark masculine. And in terms of sexuality, certainly for women, the dark feminine is what holds a lot of that. And it's the, there can be shadow within this, you know, um, but like the kind of temptress, the seductress. Um, but we've got that, you know, as men, we've got it in us. You've got the masculine and the feminine as well. But in terms of owning the light and the dark is so important. And, and certainly in my experience with women, when they do feel comfortable and safe within a relationship, they can honour and step into that dark feminine. And we, there's always that, con or quite often that context or connotation, sorry, of dark that's negative, but it's not. The oh, dark yeah, yeah. isn't negative. <clears throat> and, and it's the same. It's as long as we don't step into the shadow and become overtly like underdeveloped or overdeveloped, mm -hmm. then embracing all of those parts within us and yeah it just it makes so much sense to me that when we can step into all of these different areas of ourselves you know because we are animalistic as well so yeah. you know although we are you know we're completely talking about um like connection and intimacy you know sex can be animalistic as well yeah. but with the safety with the love and with the the kind of honouring of one another, the the boundaries being, you know, n no yeah. coercion and stuff. So it's about finding th that balance there to me. I think, I think it's so, yeah. so important. You know, we, there, there's a lot of talk um, about, you know, shadow work and things like that, isn't there? Mm. Um, Connor Beaton does a really good course um, in regards to men's shadow work. But the, the big thing about it that I take away from it all is knowing that you have that element of darkness within you, but not, but still loving yourself because of it, you know? Yeah. Looking at yourself and going, you know what? At times I can be a bit of a dick. Yeah. And it comes from this that. area here, but it doesn't make me a bad person. I'm still a relatively, you know, I'm still good in my core. Um, but it's like, they, they do say, like a lot of your creativity comes from that darkness. Mm. you know and i kind of get behind that but i think you said you asked me earlier on what was the change and i think the, the true true element of it was i learned to love myself yeah you know and by learning to love myself i learned to love <clears throat> the bad and the good yeah you know and and that's that's the key of it and that allowed me to have that that strength to be a bit more vulnerable it's almost reframing it as well, isn't it? Rather yeah. than the, like, I'm not trying to be pedantic, but rather yeah. than the bad or good, that it's just these bits are. Yeah, they are. They are what make us. Yeah, and well, I, it's, I, you know, it makes up the whole hundred percent of us. Because mm. how can how can you have a, a, a um, how can you you have a relationship with somebody if you're only giving them fifty percent of who you are? Yeah, well, you're suppressing, and Absolutely, that yeah. inevitably yeah. will come into problems. Yeah, I think for me as well, it's about like always turning towards that so that, you know, spirituality can quite easily be something else that you beat yourself with because you're just never going to do it well enough. Yeah. And so to set yourself such a high standard, I've got to always be this. I've got to always be that. I, you know, I can never have impure thoughts. I can never sexualize. You know, these, yeah. these things are going to happen. The, the thoughts, as we've said on numerous times, the thoughts quite often are involuntary but it, we don't have to act on them. So it, as you said, embracing that shadow and being like, yeah, this is part of me or I am going to act unskillfully. Dude, I act unskillfully flipping every day. Yeah. I'm sure you do. Yeah, but sure. we own it. We don't project onto others. We don't blame others. 
and we look and we reflect and we do our best to learn from every situation, but in a calm, kind and compassionate way. I felt like that then. I've moved through it and I'm back on, you know, the path yeah. that I know serves me. That's the point, really, I think. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if anything, if anybody takes anything away from, from this week's podcast, the one thing I'd like them to, to learn is that um, sex and intimacy do go hand in hand, but you don't need sex to be intimate. Yeah. Amen to that, man. Yeah. So I, I, you know, for a lot of people, men and women, there is a lot of um, hang-ups to do with sex, perhaps because of sexual traumas or um, in some situations some medical issues. Um, mm. But if nothing else, just know that you can still have an intimate relationship without sex playing a huge big part in it and probably what you'll find is you'll find your way back to that side of it through the intimacy from your mind yeah you know? so I, I i i that's my my big my big thing you know is like just know that that, that, that intimacy is is vital for sex you can have that on your own if you need to yeah i did that's a massive learning for me yeah i think i i had you know, I suppose sex obsession. I just wanted it every day, certainly, and had this ridiculous thought of that if I had a partner, that it, like it was their duty to have sex with me. Yeah, you know, a while back now, but still, and and there's no balance to that, and it's just unfair. Absolutely, yeah. I think anyway, putting all of your expectations onto one other person. I'm not just talking about sex, but in any way. Oh, is ridiculous yeah. making that person yeah. your sun and moon and, and sky and all that it's like no no they they give you something they, they enhance your life but you give yourself something your other friends give yourself something getting out yeah. into nature surfing or whatever and yeah. just having that balance yeah it's, so, it's, so it's the whole thing about expecting somebody to make you happy yeah you know what a load of shite mm. you know the reality is you make yourself happy. Nobody else does. You know, yeah. you can have somebody in your life that adds to that happiness for sure, but it's still down to you. Mm. You know, like I said, the big thing that I learned was that I was enough, you know, for me. I didn't need to be validated by anybody outside of me. You yeah. Know? And, and that's a game changer because then just, I didn't, it didn't matter if, if, if I wanted sex and my partner was too tired because I didn't go away thinking, you know, she doesn't love me. I just thought, oh, my wife's tired. Do you know what I'll do? I'll yeah. help her out a bit more tomorrow, you know? That's I'll make so her, beautiful. I'll make her a cup of tea and she can get an early night. Do you know what I mean? It's that, that train of thought that, that, that led me because I learned to love who I was rather than looking for somebody to fill me up externally. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful, so, brother. I know that the love for yourself enabled you to love others absolutely. more altruistically. Which yeah. You know, as Buddha taught, that is the highest form of happiness you can have yeah. is to do things for others and not put yourself first. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, partly the reason we, we did we started this podcast is because, you know, um, we wanted to be a bit more of service to people. There is an element to it where we're kind of lucky because we just get to hang out and have a chat about stuff that we talk Boom. about anyway, you know. <laughs> like, I don't want 100%. people to say, we've had these conversations that you're hearing tonight, like probably 500 times you know yeah um, and it's not like um it's new to us we're, and we're still discovering stuff and like even tonight when we've been chatting shit's come up that i hadn't thought about previously you know and mm, it's beautiful but, but really like you know like you said buddha talks about being of service and then if you do if you do the 12 steps step 12 is to, to be of service so mm -hmm. you know it's all good and and this is our way of doing it i suppose but at the same time, it, it it's also really pleasurable for us just to spend some time and have a have a chat. Yeah, you know, definitely. When, and when we have guests, even it's cool too because we just get to hang out and talk with some really cool people. Yeah, we're very very lucky. Yeah, I just wanted to say, kind of to finish as well, I just shout out to everyone, everyone who's listening to this, everyone who is doing the work, everyone who has an interest in there their own self-development and just you got this guys you're doing brilliantly and i yeah. don't say it it's not in a patronizing at all way it's just know that you're enough and we all have our shadow we're all kind of fucking up 
and like I said in a previous podcast, wool, that perfect balance of fucked up and beautiful. So just know that everyone. Yeah, I think I think that's it. It's like n- nobody knows what you're dealing with, um, and we don't. We don't know what you guys are going through or what you're dealing with. But just know that we 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 really fucking think the world of you. And the, the fact that you take your time out of your day to listen to a couple of idiots chat is kind of mad. <laughs> I think it's fucking awesome. It yeah. is. We got so much love coming out for yeah. all of you. And um, I, I think I'll do the prayer as always yeah. to finish. May any goodness that's come from our practice be shared outwards in all directions and together may we create a positive change on this beautiful planet. Thanks, everybody. Kia kaha. Take it easy.